interracial couples on a quest where fantasy and the real world collide. This is When Crit Happens. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rakatima. I am your dungeon master, Torsten <laughs> David Johnson, he, him, they, them, and I am joined today by Joshua. Well, what it do, Joshua David Robinson, a.k.a. Titan, ya They, them, for Titan. He, they, for Joshua. I was listening back. I think that we did miss pronouns for Titan specifically in those episodes that we talked about it. That's oh. very funny. Mm-hmm. Very funny. That very seems funny. accurate. And Deanna? Hello, one and all. I am Deanna Elizabeth Woodman. She, they. I play Jessu. She, her. And Kylie. Kylie Brinkman. She, oh, her. That, was that a challenge? Is that a? <laughs> yeah. I thought that was. I thought that. Was I thought Tor. that was Tor. I said, "Is Tor about to kill us?" I'm at one hit point. Everyone. No, that was me. <laughs> Kylie Brinkman playing Josephina, aka Joe. Joe Wick also uses she/her pronouns. Also, I'm just gonna say that every time Tor is like. And we're ready for the introductions. I'm like, oh my gosh, I kind of panic internally because I forget that this happens every time. And it's like, what's my character's name? Of course I know my character's name. <laughs> Honestly, I freak out about my own name. I'm literally like, who am I? What am I doing? How did I get here? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tor doesn't know either. What's my name? I think the only reason that I'm not stressed about it is because I have a script in front of me telling me what to say. <laughs> Peek behind the screen, y'all. It's okay. It's okay to come in with your note cards. It's okay. Yep. No one expects you <laughs> to know all the rules. That's why there are books. Also, Kylie, I can't believe you tried to steal my bit because I was going <laughs> to roll these dice out after, but then- Yeah, let's see. Let's hear Whoops. how many you have, huh? No, I already huh? did it. I tried to match her energy, right. but then she was just like, nah, I'm doing my introduction. I, I didn't even feel like I was fronting or something. I just thought it'd be part of my intro this time. Like, Ooh, look at me being clever. <laughs> but then I, there was no follow through because then the interruption happened and then I like couldn't yeah. get back into it. I just wanted to be it's cool. Okay, I thought you did a good job. Kylie, I respect baller. the hustle. Thank you. It's the sign of a true baller. I wasn't even <laughs> trying to ball. So, last session, after your skirmish with the soldiers in the woods finished, you continued your way toward Tempest Top, the tower that sits at the foot of the highest peak in this part of the Stormcrest Mountains. You confirmed that the stream begins running black at the place where the soldiers, who are wearing Koro uniforms, have been cutting corrupted trees and floating them downstream toward the tower. As you approached the tower, you saw that they were using this lumber to repair the old building. They have so far constructed a rough bridge over the moat and begun to rebuild the front wall. Joe, you took it upon yourself to immediately ask for a manager. And Captain Kugo replied that he would be happy to help out with whatever you need. Lies. He he did say. uh, (laughs) Oh, no, I wasn't calling you a liar. I'm calling him a liar. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) Battle quickly ensued complete with Yama ducking for cover once again. Fuck Yama. Titan learning how to use a bow and Jasu discovering the power of the smite. The smite. I smited. Nat 20, baby. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I feel like, did did you mark down proficient with bow? I feel like- I did not. It was it was an open-ended question that um, I, I'm happy to close with proficiency. So I love to say yeah, the no, word. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> Let the dice tell their story. Yes. Captain Kugo. Did not go down easy, though, and he stood toe-to-toe with you until the end. Finally, Joe wielded some more fire magic and took him down, which has left the three of you at the tower with one more soldier named June high on the cliff above. They had been climbing up this rock face when you first saw them, and now it looks like they're not quite sure what to do. And that's where we are now. I am leaning on my staff. Barely standing, (laughs) not looking at the body on the ground, but still looking directly at Joe, now convinced in my soul of souls that I am surrounded by two prophets Mm. with powers unimaginable previously to me. Joe is not feeling like a prophet right now. She just, it was a long afternoon. So I think like hands on knees, huffing and puffing, looking around. What the? Fuck! I did not think that was going to go down that way. I just wanted to talk to someone. Eyes wide, also realizing, like, is Jasu about to just pass out? 
on us and where's Titan? <gasps> yeah, I'm a, I'm a, Titan is is checking out this Joker who we just oh, did, did he fall in the water or some shit or is it or Captain Kugo? Like, yeah. Yeah, Captain Kugo's fell right into the the shallows of the the stream here, right where the stream is becoming the moat. Waste not want not y'all. Uh, and I started to pull the body out of the the shallows to check it out. I will respectfully close his eyes as I root through his pockets. <laughs> wow. Sure. <laughs> the pockets of a dead man. Okay, so the first thing that stands out to you is his coin purse. He's got a healthy amount of spending money. Arr. You can roll me a D10. It's a four. He's got just about 40 gold pieces mm. in various denominations. Okay. It's not nothing. You look a little deeper into a breast pocket underneath his breastplate, and you find a letter. Oh, snap. People always be looking for coin purses. They think that's where the value is, but I can tell that that information, knowledge, that is the where it's really worth something. I take out the letter. And is it got seals on it or some shit? Yeah. Ooh, you know it's going to be juicy. It's sealed. Okay, so this letter is... Stamped with the seal of Baron Koro, the osprey, and what's an osprey? The bird. Oh, a bird. It's a bird, bird of prey, like a seabird. Yeah, mm. it's a seahawk. Ooh, that seems fitting. Okay. It is mostly general. It's outlined with military-sounding greetings, but there's one phrase that sticks out to you. It says. Look well for the secrets of my family. Mm-hmm. It comes right at the end of the letter. Yeah, I read that out loud to everybody. And I see, look, mm, see, I told you. Look well for the secrets of my family. These jokers was looking for something in here. You know, they didn't just come here to float logs and poison the water. It's something here and we got to get to the bottom of it. You think there's something in the castle? Mm, I sure do. Mm. I think while twist. I think while this is happening and while Titan was raiding this body, I think I probably took a moment to breathe and do a little prayer to my god to try and ask for some guidance and part of that is some Laying on hands on myself to give myself some health back. You're going to touch yourself again? I'm going to touch myself. (laughs) I'm going to touch myself. And there is a third thing. As you're wrestling around for this letter in the breast pocket, you also notice a necklace on a simple leather strap. A key. There is a brass key on a leather thong. And you take it off, you look at it, and it has inscribed in it in dirty old, it's an old key. You kind of have to like rub it off a little bit to read this. Uh, but it says forge on it. Okay. Um, uh, what's our friend's name who led us here who ran away? Yama. 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 Um, is Yama here now? Um, give me a perception check. <laughs> I'll do it too. Right, none of us are perceptive. Can I try and smell him so I have advantage? Sure. 15, 15. Well established that Yama has a strong, unique smell. 17. Great. You, you do not see Yama. You do not hear Yama, but you smell some traces of Yama headed off over a small rise. Titan starts to belt out, Yama! <laughs> it's free and clear. <laughs> uh, while Titan is doing this, Joe, after catching her breath, goes over to Jasu. How are you doing? It looked like they really just had at you. It seems like you're doing okay. I don't have any spells to heal you. I have some leftover hard-boiled eggs from a few days ago now. Um, do you need anything? Are you doing okay? While your offer for eggs is... Very kind. I also think they're only one day old. I one day old. Pretty they're sure they're just from yesterday. One day. Okay. <laughs> okay. I thought it was two days. I wasn't sure if it was two. You're right. No, nope, it's just, just been one, one night. Yeah. You're right. While your offer for eggs is very kind, I can smell their spoilage from here. Thank you so Damn much. It. Okay. Thanks for the heads up. Maybe this is not the time, but I would love to speak with you about your spells at some point. Mm. And I like look at you a little like quizzically with my, my trunk going off. Almost into a little question mark. Oh, cute. Yeah, we can have that conversation maybe on the hike back. 
Amazing. In the meantime, I turn and I would like to reach for the key in Titan's hand and go, may I? A Titan hands over the key. Sure. I would like to divine sense. Great. Yeah, the key does not seem to have corruption on it. Good. Uh, But because you use your divine sense and you're this close to the creek, you do get the strong sense of that same corruption from the stream itself. And then you also get a couple pings out in the marsh on the far side. It seems like some of these plants are probably also corrupted. I hand it back to Titan and say, it's safe, but we are surrounded. By what? Corruption. Oh, oh, okay. Just uh, <laughs> great. Just capitalism. Okay, no worries. I'd like to just have eyes on June. So when yeah. we started this, June was just mm-hmm. descending. So June has not started descending. June was scoping out the situation, and June has started slowly and carefully picking their way off to the side. It seems like they're traversing along this ledge. So they're like leaving the scene. It looks like they might be trying to get away. Yeah. Okay. Y'all, do we need to go get this man before he runs away? I mean- June calls down and says, what makes you think I'm a man? (laughs) (laughs) Check yourself. I stand corrected. Check yourself. June, would you like a hard-boiled egg? We come- We have food. In light and peace. I say covered in blood. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, June says, are you gonna treat me like you treated the rest of my platoon? Nah, we told you. I told you, stop shooting at us, and we was good. And you stopped shooting at us, so we good. Okay. Uh, how can I trust you? Well, Pinky swear. I can promise on the light of the sun. Mm-hmm. Now, see, Have you heard of it? See, June, let me level with you for a second here. How can you trust us? That's a great question for you to answer yourself, June. What you looking for? Can I do an insight check into June? Yeah. Me too. Uh, go for it. Can I take out my binoculars that are a part of my, uh, not binoculars, the single the single ones that they have on chips that's a part of my multi-purpose tool and it's see if I can- part of your multi-purpose tool. Yeah. As of now it is. And see <laughs> if- <laughs> And see if I can see his facial, fe- their facial features yeah. more. Yeah. yeah totally. It's a, a wand of power word kill. It's in my multi-tool. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, 13. Um, 17 for insight. I'm sorry. Uh, Kylie, can you, you, so you're using your telescope to help you with a vibe check? No, I just want to see, I, I want to be able to, can I see them clearly with my eyeballs for how far or yeah, close they, they are? Yeah, they are that far. Oh, I thought maybe with this cliff that they were far. I want to know if they're a I child. Mean, you said that thing about, oh. you said I'm a, so I, I thought maybe, they maybe not they're not. Child. Okay, I did. Maybe they aren't male, but when you said that, it made me think: Are we dealing with a younger person? I prefer non-binary pronouns. Okay. Oh, sorry. Um, should have asked. Don't assume. Okay. What does that mean? What? <laughs> <laughs> this is when I get educated. This right now, just Sue. What does that mean? It means June. That- June, you don't have to do that kind of work. You don't need to. They'll learn. I told it's not you your job. That I'm not sure I can trust you, June. You will be safe if you come down. I'm like looking back forth between Joe and Titan, and I think this is the first time I realize that I actually do not know what's going on. <laughs> can I use persuasion? Can I do like a? Sure. As yes, as that persuasion is happening, I also say June. Look at me, and I do a full 360 spin. We're good. Because if I was rolling on my persuasion, it's a 24. Oh, damn. Okay. (laughs) June nods. And Jasu, your inside check, I mean, they were shooting at you earlier. You get the idea that they are definitely a soldier that will take orders, but uh, at the moment, they definitely don't look aggressive and look like they're just trying to find the safest way out of the situation they're in. June nods and says... Well, you're going to have to give me a minute and begins to climb back down this cliff. I'm going to whisper. At first, I go to Titan, but then I think again. I don't even know why. And I turn to Joe and I whisper softly, what does non-binary pronouns mean? Basically, we, we they don't want to use she, her, he, him. So we're not using gendered pronouns. Joe probably described that really poor as Kylie would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm just gonna roll with it and not correct myself. No, I love it. 
Oh. So just use they, them for now. So. Unless we learn anything else about their pronoun preferences. All right. But I feel like they might not, they might use various pronouns. I think Jasu looks inquisitive, but just nods and then takes a step back. It is at this moment that uh, Yama answers the call and, yes. and and Yama's head pops back up over the shrubbery and says, oh, did you call me? Yama, yes. All the danger's gone. You can come back, Yama. Looks like you got the situation uh, worked out here, he says as he's uh, looking at you pilfering through Captain Kugo's pockets. Yeah, and I'm gonna, I would like to show Yama this key and be like, Yama, you know anything about a forge on the premises? Oh, what's that? He says. And you see his, his face completely changes. And he steps up and he he looks at this key in your hand. And it looks like he almost wants to take it, but then doesn't. And he looks up at you and he says, where did you find this? Titan points to the waterlogged body on the shore. Hmm. Interesting. No, uh, there was never any blacksmithing around here. Hmm. Not when I was here, anyway. Well, what might it be? What what might it mean if he were to have brought it? Because if you asked me to guess, I would say that he did. I wonder. Could it be that he brought it? I I really don't know. Um, but uh. What's what's to do next? Well, we certainly need to let people know that this is the cause of all the trouble. But I doubt that this was all of the all of the battalion that was here. So you know, I don't think things are going to get any better until this situation gets solved. Hmm. There's mysteries afoot, Yama. Mysteries. Yes, I suppose so. Well, um, I wonder if it might be useful to take a look around. I'm always down for a snoop. Yep. You know, um, you know, I know it's not polite, but it's like, you know, when I ever go to somebody else's house, like I cannot help but like, oh, if I go to use the bathroom, I gotta look through the medicine cabinet. I gotta see. I'm Wait, sorry. Do, I did know you do it's that not. at my house? Of course I did it at oh your house, Yama. Now I want you to know that I, I fixed that problem. I That's haven't the thing. I haven't had we that all, issue in years. So We I just, all have we all got ointments and the, creams and pills and doodads and salves. It's okay, but it's just part of the story of you. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Okay, but if you ever if you ever do have an issue down there, it that one cream that I had, it's really Oh, yeah. So just oh, yeah. Know. No, I know. I know. I know. Um, yeah. No, I think we could uh, We could probably take a look around. Great. Might be useful. I'm down to look. Same. Great. Yeah. And as we go, I would like to continue to use my divine sense for as long as I can. Six seconds, I believe. So six seconds as I take my 30 feet of movement. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to continue to use it. Interesting. What's the what's the range on that? Sixty feet. Very, very interesting. Okay, so you use your divine sense, and then you immediately go across the the bridge towards the tower. And just as you're reaching the tower, this ability is is wearing off, and you're surrounded by little bits of corruption. The corruption that you're sensing from the stream and from a lot of the other plants is low level, and it's only in a couple of these spots that you feel like, oh, that's a high-level ping that that might be like a plant that wants to eat me. And then you get a different sensation, and it's down under you. It's down underground almost, or it's under that pool. Mm. There's a strong reading of something that is not corruption down at the base of the pool or somewhere in the water. This murky water that is black like all of the water around here since it's fed by the stream. And this is not something that I anticipated. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even sure I'm going to name it for you this time. Okay. Okay? But I'm going to tell you that it's something very different. And it doesn't read, yeah, it doesn't read like the corruption. It doesn't read like anything that you've ever experienced before. Okay. And it's under the... It's under the water. Under the water. in this pool. Okay. And all of you walk across this rough-hewn bridge towards the courtyard where you've been already, Titan. And you see that the this whole area is currently a construction zone. The soldiers have been cleaning it up. 
and they've gotten a fair amount of work done. The broken walls are being repaired with these logs that have been floated down the stream. The The front wall here stands about six feet, so you have to kind of clamber over it. Stones and dirt are also being piled up to kind of rebuild the land here by the wall so that the water doesn't keep flooding into the courtyard. So it seems like they're getting ready to, you know, pump out all of that water in the courtyard or mm. whatever, but they have to kind of rebuild the whole foundation of the tower itself. And you can see that, that they're making headway and the water level inside the courtyard is currently lower than the stream outside. Mm -hmm. uh, however, there is still an enormous deep pool inside, as we've talked about, that has stones and logs serving as makeshift walkways to get around the perimeter. Okay. So it, look, it looks mighty treacherous. Yeah, it looks treacherous. And then off to the right, you see the main building. And the, the ruins of the main building are right up against the cliff face. It's a three-story tower, or at least it used to be, because the first two stories are exposed to the elements, and it looks like it's just a shell. There's a huge chunk of the wall that's completely missing. Mm -hmm. And you can see that the interior walls and the whole middle floor separating what used to be the first and second levels is just gone. There is uh, the remnants of a staircase along the, the exterior wall of this whole complex that is leading all the way up to the third floor, which is a turret that sits right against the face of the mountain. On the ground here of this like cavernous cave-like space is where you think the soldiers have been camping because you see mm -hmm. bedrolls laid out and... How many bedrolls do, does it look like there are? Does it look like there's more people sleeping there than people that we murdered? <laughs> no. Good question. You do the math and everybody is accounted for. Oh, shit. Titan okay. is real good at math. <laughs> <laughs> All bodies accounted for. I think we're good. And it is just about this moment when... June comes down the cliff face and climbs off and gets onto one of these exterior walls. Mm. June kind of brushes themselves off and looks at you and says, all right, what are you going to do with me? Are you going to take me prisoner or, or what? I mean... Are you into that? No. Because it's like, you know, what does is, what is June look like? <laughs> uh, June looks Good like questions. a lot of these soldiers. Hot. And, I need to know hot level. Uh, let me make a roll here. Yes. Make the roll. They're five, the but they're non-binary, so they roll. Hotness roll. They're an 18. Whoa. Whoa. These people are hot as in that case, so yes, I, I feel is like... myself tremor a little bit. My staff is like a little shaky. It's a whole moment. Mm. I is definitely like, awakening. I mean, if you're into that, we could do that. I mean, they have a uniform. They non-binary. They also real kind. They just, like, I just watched this person climb a mountain. Blood. Are you sexualizing me after you just killed all of my colleagues? Okay, I think in the midst of all of this, Joe... Joe steps out, not knowing if this is going to work or not, and just like extends her hand to like handshake, like, Hi, I'm Joe. This is Jasu. This tighten your belt. Hi. Nice. May the light ever shine upon you. I do a little, I do a little sign above her, their hand. And I know they, they were salute gonna... at you. Damn, no vagina. Nice and we're really not here to hurt you. you. There's just been a misunderstanding. Okay. So it's nice to meet you. What was your, uh, June? Can I call you June? Uh, yeah. What else? That was yeah. her name or their name. Wow. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> that was their name. Good, good job. Very good, Jesu. Titan says exactly that condescendingly mm. and then uh, turns <laughs> back to June. What was y'all doing here? Well, uh, basically just getting the tower back in, back in shape. Who wants to know? Are you- Tighten your belt. Do you work for the DeLargos or? Oh, Titan only works for themselves, honey. Honestly, we all we came up here because the town that's right below the, the, the stream that y'all are- floating your logs in is in dire straits because of what you're doing. I know you don't think that like, you know, you cut down a couple of trees da, 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 whatever, you're, you're good so everything must be good, but like, it's a circle of life, baby. You cut down a couple of trees here and people getting poisoned downstream. Yeah, no, we uh, we were aware that the water gets poisoned. You were aware of the corruption? You were aware? You were aware of the corruption? Cor corruption? Of the people? I so mean, why were you doing it? I mean, we cut down a log and it oozed poisonous black sap. Yeah, we were aware that that wasn't 
good for anybody. But so why we were you cutting do down it. the logs if you were saying you were here to rebuild the castle? Well, that's what we're doing. We're rebuilding the tower. We're fortifying it with the logs that are in with wet logs that are sitting in the stream. You're fortifying the castle. Yeah, I mean this is clearly not uh, a long term solution, but for what's coming, we had to make do. What's coming? Excuse me, what's coming? Look, I don't think you really understand. I I can't tell you things and then go back to my commanders. Junie, did you like your commanders? Did you like doing what you were doing? Did you dream ever about getting out? Uh, it was a it was a good job working for the family that I've looked up to my entire life. So yeah, in, in that so way. So you I, want to go back? I don't know what else I would do. This is June. You stand at a crossroads. Everybody who knows where you are, what you've done, what you're supposed to do is dead. You can do whatever you'd like. So I guess what I'm asking is, what would you like to do? Did you know that it was poisoning the town? What town? No. The town I, below the street. I didn't know there was a town below the street. I bet the family you worked for did. Insight check. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Same. 15. 19. Some willful ignorance, perhaps. It doesn't seem like they're completely lying, but they also seem smarter than that. I am aghast. Look, we had a job to do. We didn't think about what the effects of it might be on some town. June, what's coming? Well, I mean, there's going to be a lot of battle, so a lot of those people would probably die anyway. Y'all about to start some shit? Baron Coro intends to retake what's theirs at this point. At this point, I've, I've said too much. So uh, what's your story? Who do you work for? I go over and I slap this person across the face. <laughs> okay. With my big ass fucking hand. Okay. <sighs> Make a dexterity check. Okay. <laughs> I'm not very good with dex. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, eight. <laughs> oh, no. A high eight. Uh, eight on the die, 10 for this contested dexterity check okay so you go to slap june yep and fuck this person june is going to duck out of the way draw their mountain knife and slash at you okay all right let's go i'm fucking mad it's a 16 to hit you my armor class is 18 Okay, this is this is a cruel question that I'm about to ask you. Yeah. This is a very cruel question. Okay, I love it. Let's go, let's go. Do you have your shield on? Well, I have it on, but like, do you mean if I have it up? Do yeah, you think like I are would you, like... are, do, I mean, and, and it, the answer can be yes. I mean, I don't think that I'm, I don't know if, if I would, I like, I definitely wouldn't approach this person with my mm-hmm. shield up because I was going over to just slap right, them. Right, so right, right. That's kind of why I'm asking. I might have even been using my, yeah. my hand. So like, do you have both hands free to do tasks or do you have one hand like wearing your shield Mm, yeah yeah so one i must have taken off the shield or like put it down or somehow so that i could slap if i don't have my shield i have no idea what my armor class is let me check minus two 16 oh so it'd be 16 so it should be a hit so do you have your your shield up i mean no (laughs) (laughs) it's such a 3.5 question i just asked you (laughs) i'm really sorry four points of slashing that's exactly how many hit points I have. The fuck you doing, June? And then June is going to dash out of the courtyard. Before or after I cast Firebolt. <laughs> and before or after uh, I cast right. Vicious Night. My- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> r- uh, roll initiative, everybody. Roll initiative. I can't roll initiative. I'm down. 12. So just to clarify, 14. for general, for moving forward, my shield only happens... When if I have two hands, like if I have uh, like if I have both hands free, this right? Is, this is such a not the thing that most people do when they play D and D, and I'm just being a total asshole about it. Yeah, because I guess it's like <laughs> the question is like I think every time this happens is probably a little nuanced because it's like we were having a chat with this person, so Torsten was like trying to get you. I to was. Be like, I was. Were you? Did you have your show out as you were having this chat with this person? I see. I see. You know I see. What I mean? Okay. 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 I thought this was like a rule, rule thing that no. I was just didn't know. Okay. No. Okay. Because no. normally in a battle, it's not it's like both assumed. hands are used it's... to hold the shield. It's like you're doing other shit with one of your hands, right? But you still get that 18. Dana would still get the 18. That's the point. Of one Basically, hand it's like using the shield. Did, one were, hand. You, were you expecting to fight this person? It's my question. Probably yeah, yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like yeah, they're trying to get the drop on you, and so. Like this is my DM <laughs> way of love it. Trying to get love it, love it, TJ, um, love it. 
Oh my god, I hate that nickname. Okay, uh, <laughs> who who got what for initiative? Fourteen for Titan. I got twelve. And I'm gonna need one from you, Jesu, so that we know when to okay. make you roll death saves. Uh, ooh, eighteen. Oh no, means <laughs> you're gonna make it before us. Oh yeah, that does. That is what it means. Okay, so the answer is no. The first thing that happens is June is over that gate at the front and booking it to the west, which is not the direction that you all came from. It's the direction that Yama told you that these soldiers came from. Next to act. After all of this is going to be Jasu. So give me a death save. Woo! Eight failure. Uh, okay. Titan. Uh, Shit's going down. Okay. Um decision. Uh, you know what? You don't have any healing. I'm I, I I I don't not anymore, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna look to Joe because I know Joe be slinging slinging fire shit. I look to Joe and I say, you burn that motherfucker up. <laughs> and I go to Jesu and I'd like to do a, a medicine check to try to okay, great. stabilize them. Yeah, go for it. That was not that, a good roll. It was not a good roll. No. It's an eight. It's an eight. Mm. But a high eight. What if I told you it was a really high eight? Mm, things are, wow. Okay. Things are dire. Joe. I'm going to cast Firebolt. Great. The There's two ways you could go. You could either go out the gate in order to have eyes on them, or you could climb up to the top of one of these walls. Because they are, they're, are they scaling something or they they're just running? They hop the fence and they are, you think that they're booking it. I'm going to murder this person. I'm going to murder them. This time it's murder. <laughs> I think I run after them. Okay. You hop the fence. Yeah. Great. Uh, yeah. You see them running. They are across the stream now, booking it. Great. So yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cast Firebolt. And they, they have made it a long way. It looks like their ability to move through this terrain is excellent. 22. Fuck yeah. That'll hit. Fuck yeah. Okay, it's just a cantrip, so 1d10. Oh, fuck me. The one. Uh, so Joe tries with all of her might, sprinting after this person, hair falling out of her mm. scrunchie. Mm-hmm. Try as she might. It's a one. No. Okay. It's one. All right, that brings us up to the top of the order. They've already crossed the stream and they're, they've made their way into the boulders. They get hit by this firebolt and you see them duck down into the boulders as they are starting to make their way up towards the ridge line. It's probably uh, like quarter mile, some something like that. So it's not like they'll be there immediately, but they have ducked down out of sight now and you're not sure exactly where they are. I'm going to, oh, son of a bitch, and I continue on the track i don't think i'm turning okay. around okay you're gonna keep following quite well because how far of a distance I, like what you immediately notice is that they moved way faster yeah you, you even remember that when you were looking at that letter it was addressed to baron coro of the mountain company reconnaissance and communication platoon this person seems to be illustrating their expertise in movement through mountainous terrain mm, okay awesome jasu dun, 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 dun. Oh my god! You did not nat one. I did. Sure did. I'm leaving. I'm leaving this campaign. I sure fucking did. Sure did. Okay. 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 I sure fucking did. Sure did. Because it's at the end, right? Like that technically, that could be technically. I'm currently. What's the homebrew option? In the above with Sulian. And that, dear listeners, is where we will end our session. To be completely candid, none of us expected the crit to hit in that moment. But when crit happens, we talk about it. So we did. And after we checked in with each other, some of which will be available to our Patreon members, We continued the show, so join us as we dive into the dirty crit. (laughs) No one was ready for this tonight. I felt it. As I was rolling the dice, I knew it. Okay, everybody. (laughs) Here we go. Let's transition into some dirty fucking crit. Dirty crit. Open. Actually, hold on a second. Oh, yeah. Are you grabbing a beer? You can grab me a beer. 
Everyone get uh, alcohol. One alcohol, shot, please. Shot, 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 <sighs> shot, 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 grabbing whiskey. Yes. Uh, um, so we have uh, some dirty crit to, to talk about. So uh, cheers, everybody. Cheers. cheers. Drinkity, drinkity. Come I just by. want to let everyone know that I adopted a dog named June two days ago, and June <laughs> just murdered me in this podcast. What the fuck? What the actual yeah. fuck? I... So yeah, now you know that not scripted, guys. The dice oh. are not scripted. Nobody planned or wanted this to happen, but here we are. I, I actually don't. okay. We know we were talking about this before because we we did take a small break when that happened. Everyone to be like, "Holy shit! What do we do? <laughs> what do we do? Holy shit! What do we do? We, what do we do?" And I think still that like unsure. there's we're like two what to do. two things that I'm taking away from this. One is that it is helpful and important i think to discuss with dms before you play a game whether or not character deaths are could or should be a part of the story Mm -hmm. because i've definitely played in campaigns where it is and that's very fun and i've definitely played in campaigns where it isn't and that's also very fun and interesting so it really just depends and then two deaths i find can be a really beautiful and great pivotal moment in stories that allow you to explore in depth feelings emotions thoughts that like otherwise don't come up so even if it's not a permanent death even if it's not a death in the way that people might think people can get very creative and i've definitely experienced campaigns with death included that are some of them have some of the most beautiful stories that i have i've ever played with yeah Yeah. but you like slipped on a fork and (laughs) Then rolled in that one on your second death set. You know what I mean? Like the the part yeah, of the reason, true. like there wasn't opportunity for it. Just was such a, and I have intense guilt because I played asshole DM to to get you to even go unconscious. Which, by the way, I did not know that you were going to go down. Because when we had that mm-hmm, conversation mm-hmm. about the shield, it hadn't rolled damage yet. Yeah. Even when I rolled damage, I assumed. Because I had known how much lay on hands you had left, I assumed that you were gonna stay up. I did not think that you were gonna go unconscious. And then when you were like four hit points, I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I do think. I think. I think that like I have seen some really beautiful deaths occur. I have, and I have played with it. I was very sad when I rolled that net one. I said, "Oh shit!" Uh, but like the more I think uh, about it, the more I'm like. There's so many ways we can take this. I think it's an opportunity. I truly do, and I'm excited. And bumps to you. I mean, that's why we're, we ended the <laughs> the session then, is because we haven't confronted it yet. We've talked about the mm-hmm. possibility, and just two episodes ago, we had a very, very similar situation where you had failed one death save, and we talked yep. after that show, about or after that, that session, what if you had rolled a one, and the potential can be very, very exciting. Without that potential for death, I think D&D does feel different. Yeah, mm. agreed. Mm. But there's something about where we are in the in the story arc. Yeah. Just trying to get the engines going, which, by the way, is when you are the most vulnerable. <laughs> because That's right. Yes. Yeah. Low yeah. characters. We're all out of spell. Because, you know, if yeah. we had spell slots left, or if, if Titan had a spell slot, they could healing word. If you had had another bardic inspiration to give them yeah yep yeah <sighs> also i went over to slap that man well that person wow Thank i you really for, need to check truly myself. truly you're just it's like so it's so funny because like with courtney so courtney my best friend in the universe shout out to courtney again um goes by they them whenever i'm feeling really lovey towards them i start saying she because i'm a fucking asshole but it's also because like I've known them my entire life, and when I whenever I speak about them with love, I automatically go into the the words that I have always used, and I've talked about it with them, and I've talked about it with other non-binary folks, and even myself, right? The reason I mean I go by she, they, they, she, whatever it depends on the day. Um, so it's slightly different with me, but still, like it's so easy to use the genders that you associate with a feeling. And so to me, it's not actually that surprising that I say she when I, someone I care about and he when I'm like, fuck that person. Mm. But it is a little fucked up and something I really should think about more. <laughs> something worth examining for sure. But what, what were you going to say when you talked about going over to slap June? Oh, uh, thank you for the reminder. I was going to say that I went over to slap June because 
I think that it was a pivotal moment for them, for like for Jesu, for her. Mm-hmm. First of all, she was learning about non-binary folks. Poorly from Joe, by the way. We'll go back to that. Yeah. She was also like thinking like, wow, there's so much I don't know about the world. Like these people are also prophets. What's happening? And then June is like, I don't give a shit about these people who could die. They're going to die anyway. And I think she was just, I think she didn't even see light. I think she fucking saw red and she was beyond. She's just like, this is all too much. I can't fucking deal with this. I cannot believe someone has said those words out loud. Where the fuck am I? What is happening? And really lashed out with her emotions and her feelings more than with the calm love that she has been taught. So I actually think it's quite fitting that then she was murdered in cold blood. Mm. It's funny because it's like, like you said, Tor, that it's like, it's weird that it was, we weren't facing somebody with whom Jesu had any history. Mm-hmm. This wasn't like some big epic battle. The epic battle already happened. This was truly supposed to be like, kind of like mm-hmm. the falling action. But literally the fact that Jesu literally had her guard down, Mm -hmm. literally in a physical manifestation Mm -hmm. of having her guard down, cost her her life. Yeah, And I I think that like, it is terrible and it sucks, but I also think it's interesting. Yeah, Um, (laughs) You know, and I also think it's interesting to like, you know, see how that resonates, how it might resonate with Joe and, and Titan. What's he, I mean, Titan, took the time to try to help rather than doing what Titan Mm -hmm. normally would do, which is to just go and go for blood. Was like, no, I'm gonna try and see if this person is okay. And fucking failed at at like trying to make them okay, trying to do the right thing. I think that's also a potentially Mm -hmm. interesting thing to see how that shakes out. Cause like I did the thing that I, that was against kind of like what my nature what i would want to do and it ended up getting somebody fucking killed still Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it feels like as we're discussing it more there is a lot of interesting narrative things at play with how everything has landed how how the dice have fallen but it's the thing adr this shit of (laughs) tor's hesitation (laughs) in making the choice and feel it saying it was cruel and like all the moments leading up to the shield were are that's mm-hmm. what's making it tough for me to stomach it. Totally. Period. Because that's what's making all, it tough for me. No, for me too. Because it's like Because you that knew our hit points were low. That and was it was like, born, oh I'm gonna do a shitty thing right now. <laughs> that was born out of a desire to have this like interesting post combat moment where this person can get away and you you might not have expected that. It was not born out of a desire to because it's like this is why I think it might be valuable to talk about look when you're the gm you can always kill the pcs like you made the GM? this shit up yeah the game master when the you're, game, game master. master i was like a gm of a restaurant i was like i was <laughs> in a different place i'm <laughs> sorry you, when, yes the gm <laughs> uh can i talk to the gm please I know. <laughs> when like if i want to kill the players obviously i can do that that's not fun for anybody so that is absolutely not what the goal of that moment was it was to because i was honestly role-playing that character and feeling like why is this person staying here this person like i was talking to you all and realizing oh the more i say the more dead i'm going to be when i get back to my family and the people who i am accountable to oh yeah the him leaving made sense Ooh, I did yeah. it too. You did it they, too. They, them, they leaving, them leaving made total sense to me. Like that action. Every bad guy so he. Because I didn't really know how that was going to go. I didn't have any predictions when June was coming down. Uh, I really didn't think that we were going to fight with mm-hmm. them. I didn't think we were going to get necessarily information out of them, but mm-hmm. fleeing yeah. felt like an option. It was more the, the narrative of, oh, wait, after this has happened, just a second. What is your, do you have a shield up? This is going to be cruel. And I'm like, damn it. Now it's not even June's action. It feels like DM's action. (laughs) Well, but I do think there is a narrative there of like what you were saying, Joshua, of like, oh, your guard is down and allowing for that to be true. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely played in campaigns with men who took their feelings out on their players. Mm. 
And, mm. and it doesn't feel like that at all from Torsten. I mean, we can listen back to it and see <laughs> yeah. how it sounds. Analyze it. But like, <laughs> but like that's not the vibe that I got from it. It really mm. felt like it was like, well, think about it. Do you think you would have your guard up? And it's like, totally. no, I probably wouldn't. I mean, I think if we all agree, right, that what we're here trying to do is tell an interesting story and like let the characters do that, then like I don't find it like antagonizing to be like, Let's think about it. The rules are are there to help I, us, not to they, inhibit. They are. Or so I want to. This is a, this is the crit. This is the crit that I think is why we're all honing in on this moment. Because what I did there was play this very uh, point of clarification. Um, uh, mm-hmm. In order for you to have an AC of eighteen, you you must have your shield equipped. Do you have that uh, that shield equipped? And and there's mm-hmm. something kind of that's why I kept calling myself an asshole. There's something kind of aggressive about that way of playing mm. Dungeons and Dragons that I really don't like. I mean, I even call myself a three point five player when I, during that moment. Like three point five is a great system. It is a great system, <laughs> and. The way many people play it is to like wield the rules like weapons, and I don't want to play D and D that way. And as a newbie, Tor will have to describe what the three point five system is to me after the show <laughs> on our Patreon. Cool. We'll see you in a month from now, right? But but I also think that like yes, you are definitely doing doing some rule stuff, but it's like just why I'm drinking whiskey. It's a now. game. It's a game. There are rules. That's literally what makes it a game. The fact that there are rules. And I think that there were, that, that it's legitimate to act, to ask the question about, uh, about like, okay, were you using your shield? Because that's what gives you the plus two to your AC. That's legit. Might you have asked it all of the time? No, to you might not have asked it all of yeah. the time. You know what I'm saying? That, but like in that moment, you did, which I also think is, a great representation of the way that fucking life works. Yeah. That it's like sometimes the rules get selectively applied yeah. and mm. like, and it's not mm. personal. Like yeah. sometimes, you know, that's not true. A lot of times it is fucking personal or, or at least totally group personal. But like, yeah. You get screened at the airport. Sure, sometimes it's like like there's there's other shit going on, but sometimes it truly is. Today, your day is just gonna get randomly worse for no reason and because of nothing that you've done. Yeah, I think that you're exactly right. Like the selective application of the rules. I mean, I have not found this with you, Torsten, which is also why I was like, let's go, let's live. Let's like, this is a legitimate question. I think no, I don't have my shield because like, I have definitely played with people who selectively apply rules. And like in those moments, it feels very personal. Mm -hmm. And then it can get really upsetting where you're like, if if I had known that I would need to like this is not what happened but if let's say no, let's say yeah, i had felt some it. sort of yeah. way if i had been like oh well if i had known i was going to dro- have to drop my shield maybe i wouldn't have gone over and slapped them and i've totally. definitely been in games where people who don't know the rules all the way say things like that and then be like well you've already yeah, said yeah, it yeah. so now you have to do it and those moments definitely have like leave a bitter taste in your mouth and i mean yeah and that's why we're in the situation we are now ending the the session where we did because and and this is something that's so important to me in gameplay, especially when I have the take on the role of GM, which is ask the players. Yeah. Because what I think the the real old school method is is not asking, do you have your shield on or not? Because if you had said yes, that's totally legit, you know. And like obviously, the reason I'm asking you is because. I kind of secretly want you to say, no, I don't, so that my attack hits you. Mm -hmm. But you have the final word there. If you say, yes, I have my shield, my AC is 18, because that's what it says on my fucking sheet, where are you asking me this stupid question? Great, your AC is 18, the attack doesn't hit. And that's why we're in the situation we are now, because just saying the rule, the the rules say you're dead isn't fun. Like, it's, it's only fun if everybody's buying in. So I have a question about, so for Jasu, just- the episode title, The Rules Say You're Dead. Yep. <laughs> that is the episode title. So Jasu's armor class of 18, I guess I didn't even, I knew you had the staff. I just thought it was the chain mail that was your arm. I thought the 18 was because you had 
glittering chain Beyonce chain mail the whole time. I so have, it's, yeah, I have both. So I have 16. a staff uh, glittering chain mail and a, and a, the reason my, for instance, my um, attack is not a D10 um, and it's a D8. It's because I'm holding my staff with one hand. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So okay. that I can hold a shield. Mm-hmm. My shield is really my emblem where I'm like holding up the sign of the light okay. for everyone to it's, see. And it's, you know, really the the retcon is uh, that you say, yes, Torsten, I still have my shield up because I'm slapping him with my trunk. Yeah. Yeah, that totally been good. But you know what? I like this. I like this. I Even if we do end up retconning it, everyone can go fuck themselves if they're upset about it. We get to do what we want because we live our own lives. <laughs> and like, I think that this episode should stay as it is because I find this really interesting and helpful for people. So no matter what <laughs> happens in the next episode, everyone... This is the episode that we made, and I hope you like this it. And is if not, the crit. it's okay. Yeah, we're all gonna be friends anyway. For sure. No, what happened, y'all? I, crit. Mm-hmm. We're happened. in the crit right now. Like, I don't yeah. know that any other session has put us in the crit as much as this possible yeah. character death. Can I? Yeah, please. No, I'm pivoting. So you finish, Ben. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, yeah, because the, there's a couple major options that feel like they're here. One of which is a in my mind, is a minor retcon because the kind of thing that I have often done at tables when something like this happens and a die roll goes down and it's like, wait, but I forgot that Yama wasn't in the initiative order. Mm-hmm. And it the reason that feels like a minor retcon is because obviously, Jesu just rolled a second death save. But if I had been doing my job well as the GM, I would have had Yama in the initiative order and Yama could have, even in the second round of combat, done a medicine check. And we haven't made that roll yet. And I will, I'm going to lay down on audio right now, Yama does not have proficiency in medicine, but does have a plus two in wisdom. So like that is one option. I think is pretty reasonable because that's the kind of thing that happens at home games all the time. I had something else to maybe bring up to the, di- yeah, the discussion. Oh, yeah, please. Okay. Joe describing, well, I don't even remember the exact question, but just like what is non-binary mm. to Jasu. I think I was struggling because already like Kylie be like a gender identity outside of the binary, male, yeah. female binary. But Joe, I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't know in this world. Like what? What is how present is a term like non-binary? Like is it the norm? Is you know? I I don't know. I know. I guess we've started to talk about it, but I was struggling. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a loaded moment for a lot of reasons. One of yep. which is like you're trying to role play what your character thinks and think about your own ability to define anything as we've recently discussed the ability to define words like parapet can be difficult <laughs> you know name any word defining it on the spot is usually hard mm-hmm. well also i think especially when it comes to like loaded words like non-binary or any sort of identity-based word that is loaded simply because you don't know the response from the other person and whether or not they're going to be judgmental like the way i base my Definition, not that the definition changes, but the way that I base my explanation is often from my assumption of what the other, what tools the other person is working with. Totally. So it, I'm not going to necessarily say to someone who has never been introduced to the queer community before exactly what pansexual means versus bisexual is often the like way that I describe it, right? Like, I talk about pansexuality versus bisexuality versus uh, any other sexuality within the queer community. Um, I talk about gender fluidity versus non-binary versus uh, um, agender. Like, I can do those things within the queer community because we're coming at it from a base of knowledge that if I try to do that with straight people might actually harm the conversation more than help because they'll just be like, oh, this is too confusing. I'll never get it. Mm. And actually... In that moment, that is true. In that moment, you it's too many things to learn at once. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the basis. The basis being, and I think Joe actually did a relatively good job of it, of like, oh, this is someone who is not a man or a woman. Could be many things, but 
just not one of those. And so they don't want to be called she or he. Sure. I'd also like to throw in there that dealing with this shit in fantasy worlds is a whole real complicating factor because you're trying to guess what the status quo is in this fantasy world. Yeah. In order to figure out how to explain something, you know, it's like, and I think that's some of the origin of the conversation we had a few episodes ago about religion and pronouns, because it's like, we obviously can't just pattern all of our world and our language and the way that, you know, words work onto this world because we have other shit like orcs and elves and shit, which turns out they don't exist in the real world. They're just really good at hiding. (laughs) <laughs> I think that complicates it to a huge degree because you're trying to figure out like, okay, what is standard here? Do we have a, a status quo of binary genders or not? And I think that I'm safe to say that in our world that we've been creating, we kind of do, but it's a little bit more open than maybe some parts of our real world, that more gender identities exist openly and kind of a a culturally accepted way than in many parts of our real world. Mm. I think the, for me, like the biggest difference between Rakatima and the real world is just, it's truly the, the, the rate at which information travels. Sure. So it's like, you've got, you probably do have communities of folks who have all sorts of different kinds of opinions about, um, uh, or ways of being existing with between gender, sex, sexuality, religion, all sorts of things. But it's just the fact that there's no internet. Everything is more isolated. Mm, that totally. there isn't a dominant power. Yeah. yeah. Um, that there, you know there wasn't a World War II where America just got to decide how, how like you know what what the standard use, units of measure was across the world. Mm-hmm. You know, truly, even more similar to the what our world was before you know, 1955. It's a very specific year. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like the fact that, you know, you have a character like Titan who is non-binary and is, but is like living their life, you know, is not like, doesn't feel oppressed, is like, you know, is in in that community, even if it's like everybody's not, you know, of the same community, is like not being fucked up, fucked with because of who they are. And to have in the same world someone who exists who's like, what's non-binary mean? Mm. Exists in our world now, certainly, as well. But it's like exploring a place where like those two worlds collide is... And in a way where it's like nobody's trying to make the other person something else Mm -hmm. is, I think, interesting and rare. And I think it's something that separates our... like. The way that we exist in our world from yeah. the, from this fantasy world. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that like part of what's been cool about playing Dressu is that I can play someone who like doesn't have an mo of when it comes to like oh like I have been taught this dominant thing of like gender is this way or that way. It's truly just that she has never thought about it. And obviously, like there must be non-binary people and gender non-conforming folks in her world there has to be there like in even her small town or whatever there has to be so that's something i don't know what it is i mean i have ideas personally for my own self but like there has to be something but the you're 100 percent right which is that like there is absolutely a way for that just to not come up because like it can be taught that it's not a thing and there's no internet Totally. And I think something I was thinking about when Joshua was talking about Titan being non-binary was like, oh, is there a moment like flagging for myself or Joe? Would there be a moment between Titan and Joe that might naturally come up because of Josu asking Joe and Joe feeling like she fumbled a bit that if I felt like Joe learned enough about Titan if there was a, be a situation that I would ask Titan, but then it's like, oh, but would Joe even think that that's a question to ask? Because it's if it's a mm-hmm. cultural norm, which then is there really anything to ask if it's just a thing? Yeah, if it is just yeah, if it's just a cultural norm. I mean, sure. There's, I mean, there are there are plenty of cultural norms that like I still have questions about now. Mm-hmm. You sure. know what I mean? That it's like I think it's even if something is 
cultural norm, something is traditional, it like the fact that it is traditional or a cultural norm often makes it so that there is less investigation about it day to day because sure. and and like part of that is is intentional and evolutionary evolutionary because it's like we only have space for so much questions mm-hmm. <laughs> in sure. our heads. Yeah. To question everything all of the time would make life really, 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 really hard. Totally. And yet I think that there's a real sense like I, I feel like as I've grown older, hopefully more mature, I've realized that it's okay to admit, not even admit, that that, that puts a, a spin on it, but, but just like be present in not knowing something and being open to being informed about something. So like not preconceiving mm, that you know what that experience is because it's such a cultural norm, but like when the opportunity arises for you to learn something new that you didn't know before, to have kind of a beginner's mind about it and be like, oh yeah, that's not my experience. So like, I would love to benefit from what you're sharing now, even if it might be, you know, something that I I have had some level of knowledge of before, now my yep. level of understanding can grow deeper. Agreed. Yes. Where fantasy and the real world collide. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, great discussion, everybody. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks boy. for engaging Ooh, boy. in that. Tune in next time to see if Jesu is Holy actually dead. Yes. I... She's dead now. Y'all, this is my last podcast. Thanks Stop. all for coming. Uh, you enjoyed it. Yeah. Anything? Butt plugs? Okay. Let's head to some butt plugs. It's yeah. at the tail of the episode, so. It does make sense, y'all. There you go. Deanna. I'm going to plug getting a dog. My puppy is perfect. She's beautiful. I love her. I'm so stressed about her all the time. I got her two days ago, and all I can do is sit here and be like, is she okay? Should I take her to the vet today? Maybe I should take her to the vet today. I don't know. Is she okay? I don't know. Is this your Jasu uh, guilt for her. killing dogs in the podcast coming through? Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. And that's why oh. June then killed me, because her name is June, and then June killed oh me, and she God. said, you killed a dog, and now you have to die. <laughs> <laughs> Look at her. She's so cute. Joshua, anything you want to plug? Take 10 minutes for yourself, everyone. All the things that you're doing that you think are important, there is nothing more important than the 10 minutes that you take for yourself. Boom. Boom. Get it. Right on, Kylie. I'm going to plug, maybe this is inspired from Joshua's, I'm going to plug celebrate yourself. Mm. There are 365 days in the year. It's okay to celebrate yourself. Be that on your birthday. Maybe you want to celebrate your whole birthday week, your whole birthday month, whatever, but I think it's okay to celebrate yourself and take that time. Excellent. Tor. All right. Thanks for. You got a plug. What are your plugs? You got a plug? You got a plug? I'm plugging our, plug? I'm plugging our Patreon. Yeah. Uh, if you want to head on over to Patreon, you can hear more of our discussion. I promise it's not all reeling from character death. Uh, <laughs> we have some uplifting so things that we talk about sometimes. Absolutely. Uh, some. Wait, what? Oh, we do we do over to our Patreon content where we have our D and D double date. So yeah, some D and D double come date <laughs> coming your way soon. Uh, yeah. So thanks for rating, subscribing, and reviewing this podcast uh, wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us a lot. And head on over to our Patreon for more. You can find the link on our socials. At when quit happens. Woo! Bye. Good on them, everybody. Bye, bye, bye. Good on them. Hope you enjoyed the show, everyone. Special thanks to Cullen Fitzpatrick for our theme music and original musical underscoring by Wormwood, Balen Wagner, and Benjamin Bergdorf. Full episodes come out every other Wednesday. On the off weeks, exclusive content is released for our members. Head over to patreon.com slash happens to join the community. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everyone. As a reminder, if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast, we'll read it on the show. So I'm going to share some of the lovely reviews we've recently received, starting with Silent Snowfall 13. Loving this so far, the characters are brilliantly played... 
Thank you very much. And the action moves along at a good pace. I'm excited to see how this tale unfolds. I think including the discussion at the end is a great format for diving deeper into what the worlds of D&D can offer its players. Thank you, Silent Snowfall 13. And next from Del Funk Lovers, Hot Rolls, Hot Takes. Okay, I read Hot Rolls and couldn't help but think of Cinnamon Rolls. Yep, that's where I'm at. The roleplay changes pace in a really great way, keeping it interesting. Sometimes it's silly, sometimes they take time to really let a moment land. And the real talk at the end of the episode is similar. A great mix of hilarious randomness and on-point talk. Check it out for yourselves. Uh, Next we have from Downtown Clowning. I think that's how you say that, Downtown Clowning. It's all abbreviated. Standout D&D Pod. I listen to a lot of D&D podcasts, like a lot. This one's doing something different, and I dig it. Glad I found it early and excited to see where they go. Also, definitely recommend their Patreon-only content. I think it's some of the most interesting stuff they've done. Ah, oh, check out the Patreon. Yes, thank you, Downtown Clowning. And lastly, we have from JJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJJ